It's purple sector time. Go ahead and strip down to your skivvies because we're hitting the spa this weekend for the Belgian Grand Prix. We're back, Rye Guy. Almost back. Almost back. Almost we're, back for summer. We're back on the mics. The boys will be back on the track this weekend at Spa for the Belgian Grand Prix. So, you know, that means this is the Belgian Grand Preview. Absolutely. I'm, I'm, ready. I'm ready to hit the Spa. Yeah, well, drop down to your skivvies and get ready because <laughs> it's, it's, he- <laughs> it's heating up in here, baby. Oh, yeah. So, we're going to start off. There's actually been a lot of news since we last recorded. And then we'll dive in. It doesn't stop. Yeah, it's not stopping here. As summer break is winding down, the news is heating up. I blame Ricardo. All he had to do was re- renew with Red Bull. Yeah. And, and we, we would have nothing to talk about. It would have been quiet if he had just yeah. done that. Oh, well. Yeah. Well, let's kick it into the news. <laughs> There's plenty of news. Where do you want to start for the news? Where do you want to start? I know you have some stories. We both have stories we want to go over, but... A lot of it transitions into each story, basically. There's a lot of the similar topics. Let's start off, though, with well, more... You, you got us going, then. I'll, gra- I'll grab the next headline if it transitions into mine. All right. Let's start off with more... With the sad headline, basically. Robert Wickens oh, in IndyCar. Where was it? The Poconos? Yeah, the Pocono race in IndyCar. Uh, terror, terrifying accident. Terrifying. Yeah, the catch fence did its job, but also too well. did a job on him and his car. It, it did its job too well. It stopped that car too well. Yeah, we were saying, I guess, maybe the only thing you could do to improve the safety a little bit is raise up that track side wall before you get the catch fence. But it's always going to be that balance between spectator enjoyment by having a lower fence right. and yeah. safety and having a higher fence, right? Yeah, it's just an insane wreck. I don't know. IndyCar is just crazy. It's a crazy uh, race series. On, yeah. on ovals, it is. Oh, big time on the ovals. Because if you come in too hot, it's you can't stop those things. No one should be surprised that this same track killed a guy three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's wild. The fact that he's alive, number one, is wild. Like, insane. We talk about the safety of it, but at some point... When you're going this fast in, you know, a hunk of metal, stuff's going to happen. I mean, if you want pillows around them and things like that, you can have pure safety. But yeah, I mean, any car is in a tough situation because, you know, the catch catch fences are supposed to keep cars from going into the crowd, which is good. Right. I mean, I don't think anyone's going to argue that it would have been better if that car had gone over the catch fence. 
that that's worse. Yeah, of course. You're guaranteeing lives <laughs> lost right. of spectators versus the people who actually sign up knowing that they could die. Exactly. But conversely, the catch fence keeps it in, inside the confines of the oval, and then it brings everything back towards the track. And that's how exactly how uh, Justin Wilson died three years ago. Yeah, because all the debris and, stays on the track then and gets kicked around. And Robert Wickens almost died. So I have some info here, just to, some details on how he's doing. He is stable and... Um, you know, he just finished up the surgery on his back. He had titanium rods and screws <laughs> successfully placed in his lower spine. And that's like his first surgery. He's still waiting to have a bunch more done. Like, it's like just to stabilize him yeah, probably before yeah, they get exactly. in there. Yeah, exactly. It's awful. Anyways, he still has to do some more surgeries on his lower extremities and his right forearm from, from what we know. Um, but happy to hear that he's doing fine and he's... I don't know how fine he's doing, but he's, he's alive. <laughs> it's and a relative operating. thing I, I just said, but I mean, at least he's present and communicating with people and stuff like that, which is always good. I mean, he's definitely, <laughs> he's in a shitty situation, but the dude's kicking it. He's kicking it. <laughs> kicking it. <laughs> well, he's probably not kicking it. <laughs> no, he's probably in traction with yeah, titanium got, rods. But he's chilling in the hospital and uh, that's good. Yeah, that's good for now. You want to... Uh, do the next story here. Hang on. We got to we got to sting me, it me, in. Hit me. All right, so transitioning back to F1 now. There's been a lot of mudslinging in the in the F1 headlines this week. It, it all tends to at least this season revolve around Red Bull. Yeah, absolutely. Because they had the mudslinging with Renault when they decided to leave them for Honda back and forth. Right. They had it, w- it wasn't really mudslinging, but when there was all this hype around, what if Alonzo went to Red Bull next year? They basically slang some mud on that to temper it down, saying everywhere he goes, he's chaotic. Right. And so now they have more, more mudslinging. Yeah, I mean, you got to appreciate the Red Bull's ability as a as a company and a team to kind of just do whatever the hell they want. So in this case, it's Helmut Marco. Um, and who didn't see this coming? You know, we're, we're getting towards the end of the summer break. You knew at some point we were going to reach the blowback from the Red Bull camp about Ricardo leaving. So apparently everything was going well in the negotiations. They were giving in to every single he thing. He had agreed Ricardo to everything. He They had agreed to salary, everything. All Ricardo had to do was just sign. So listen to these quotes from Helmut Marco, okay? He says, on Thursday afternoon, I got a call. This is after everything was basically agreed upon verbally. He says, on Thursday afternoon, I got a call. I'm sorry, I can't do a good Helmut Marco accent impression, so I'm just going to read it. He says, on, th- on Thursday afternoon, I got a call. He was funny in his voice, Ricardo, he's talking about. I told him, get to the point. We are adults. And then he said, <laughs> I'm going to Renault. How funny is that? Yeah. I bet you uh, Helmut Marco didn't say that because he wouldn't say that to a guy who you're waiting to sign. You wouldn't treat him like that. Uh, this yeah, is, that's probably his. This is ad lib post. His reimagination of it now that it's he realized that he left. Yeah. So last but not least, this is the quote that Helmut Marco left, and it's "Shoeys will be hard to come by for Ricardo at Renault." So Helmut Marco's kind of twisting the knife here and flipping the bird at the same time. Yeah, obviously saying, you know, we talked about it, we tweeted about an article of how four podiums in I think the last four years or something right, from teams yeah. outside Red Bull, Mercedes, and Ferrari. So basically saying, yeah, good luck at Renault. You're not going to be on any of those three steps, though. So keep your shoes laced tight, baby. Exactly. And you know what? When it all, com- when it all comes down to it, I, th- I totally get where Ricardo's coming from because Red Bull was only willing to match Verstappen's salary. 
Yeah, would have just Ricardo's been, been there for. <laughs> and they've already had issues with each other. Yeah. In the current structure, right? When Verstappen is equal pay, how it's not going to get any better than taking each other out in Baku and stuff like that. Right, and I mean, just think about it. If you're Ricardo, this you couldn't, you can't even consider this a lateral move. They're just bringing your salary up to the newer kid's salary. You've been there longer. You have more race wins. Right. He's the face. So anyways, that's why he walked, you know? I don't blame him. And I'm excited to see him and Hulkenberg race next and year. him and Hulk should be chummy, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be awesome. More news? Yeah. Your turn, though. What do you got so, for me? My news is related to that. I'm going to pivot over to Pierre Gasly. Pierre Gasly was officially announced as yeah. Ricardo's replacement at Red Bull. The fun story there was... <laughs> When he got the call from Helmut Marco, more transition here. I'm assuming Helmut was, had nicer things to say to yeah, him Helmut, than Ricardo. When Helmut gave him the call, he said, you know, you're coming up to Red Bull next year. And Gasly said he was in his underwear, in his skivvies when he got the news. <laughs> and then he was running around. Except before or after he told him. <laughs> yeah. And he was running around his apartment or rental, wherever he was him on and his buddies break. jumped in the pool, right? Yeah. He said... He, I imagine him sliding out like a risky business in his underwear oh, yeah. to tell his mates, as he put it, that uh, he was going to Red Bull. And then they all <laughs> skinny dipped into the pool. <laughs> yeah. And then it was really cold and Gasly looked down and said, What the f***? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was a fun little story from him. So I think now we can sort of, it's becoming clearer and clearer and less clear at the same time, the driver grid for next year. Because we talked about it on the previous podcast. If you haven't spun that one yet, go back, listen to that and the other old Spin ones. It. Yeah. Purple Sector on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, review, do all the good stuff. Um, Even if it's a negative review. We just yeah, want reviews. This summer break, we've had Ricardo obviously move on to Renault. We had Alonzo step away or say he's stepping away from Formula One after this season. We had Carlos sign, sign, signed with McLaren. And then now we have Gasly going up to Red Bull. Yeah. So it's it's starting to shape up the grid for next year. But I was looking. The grid's getting so young yeah. overall. Yeah. It's crazy. Like it, it didn't used to be where you could be one of the top teams and have some kid come up no, after a year. If you were If you were watching Formula One in the – mid 2000s like when we started watching it hardcore there there was no young drivers like when Vettel came in that was like crazy but now there's like a there's dozens of Vettels yeah they're everywhere everyone's getting their shot now yeah it's crazy I think it's probably with the fiscal situation right they might be trying to save money versus shelling out when they know they can't win a championship on some good driver you it's know? cost effective because these young kids are good enough to get you points but you can keep them on a relatively low salary for at least that two to three year grace period. It's the way a lot of sports are going now, right? Because you look at like the NFL, guys get basically thrown to the scrap heap so much earlier now, and they go to young guys because of that reason. There's potential, and it's Paying a lower less. salary. Paying less, yeah. Right. Plus, a lot of these guys, the young kids, are going to have some serious money behind them, too, at this point. You know, that money dries up if you let them just sit and sort of squander in lower series, I would assume. Yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, there's just – we're not even talking about the guys that aren't in Formula 1 that are waiting in the wings in other series that are part of, like, the Mercedes program, the Red Bull program, the Renault, the Force India. I mean, you name it. There's so many young studs just waiting in the wings. So let's just quick run down. We're not going to do every team like we did before, but 
just the seats that are not under contract. So we know, you know, if a guy's at a team right now, he might get signed. But we're just going to talk about spots that are still somewhat up for grabs, right? So Mercedes is stuck. Ferrari, Ferrari you have possibly a possible Raikkonen Leclerc swap out. Mm-hmm. Red Bull is set. Force India, both seats are kind of in flux <laughs> right now, right? That team's crazy. Yeah, there's all kinds of rumors and things going on there. Uh, Williams, both seats are not under contract for beyond this year. Um, Renault is set with Hulk and Danny Rick. Toro Rosso is wide open now that they've pulled um, pulled uh, Gasly yeah. up and Hartley isn't True. extended beyond this year. Haas are both up in the air with no extension. Uh, McLaren has signs. They signed signs. And then the other seat is still up in the air. And Alfa Romeo, Sauber, both those seats are up in the air, especially if Leclerc leaves because there's no contract. So the whole midfield is wide open right now, basically. Is it not? What about Ericsson, though? He brings a fuckload of money because he's a pay driver. I'd yeah. imagine he's pretty solid for that seat. He pro- uh, there's probably you know half those seats are pretty solid with the guys who are already sitting in them. But we're just talking about under contract right now where there's that movement, you know. Okay. There could be crazy shakeup down there. Well, do you want me to lead into my next story? Because it relates directly to this list we just I described. Know. It's flowing like like a river right now with how everything's linked together. It's time for it. All right. So we mentioned Haas. Um, and obviously nothing's concrete. Everything is hearsay and rumor and conjecture at this point. But Hopefully it's more Santino Ferrucci news. <laughs> no, unfortunately not. I have we, have nothing. To, we have to keep our eyes peeled for when his races are in Indy because I'd love to go see what antics he gets into. I believe his first race in that two-race contract he signed or whatever. It's in September or something? Is the race after this next one, I believe. Okay, we're going to have to keep a close That's eyeball appointment on that. viewing for you. Oh, yeah. So sorry. Go on. So does his name ring a bell to you? Jean-Eric Verne? Oh yeah, Jev of of, of <laughs> for, former Formula One ilk, but of Formula E fame and formerly one. Yeah, for, formerly one, and I believe WEC as well. But um, so he says that he's been approached by an F one team for next year, and the hot rumor is that Grosjean's gone. Haas is hot. So thing. kind of he already John Eric Vern said it's not Red Bull. He said that right away. It's not Red Bull, obviously. Does Haas always need to have a French driver? In the I don't know, but something. there's so many fucking French drivers. Like, look at all the young, the young up and comers, right? Leclerc, I know he's Monegasque, but French pretty much. Uh, so Leclerc, um, Ocon, Gasly, uh, the late Jules Bianchi, all those guys. What France is just churning out freaks right now. Yeah, and they won the World Cup. I mean, they're loaded back. Yeah, there they're in, loaded in with France. talent. So here's his quote: um, Jean Ervern said, "To have some teams calling me to know." What I'm going to do next, it feels like uh, I exist for Formula One. So you could do his accent, but not Helmut Marco, huh? Well, the French accent's much easier. (laughs) (laughs) You just talk like a fairy. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so basically, you can pretty much guess that he's not going to go back to Toro Rosso. He's almost 30, and they booted him before. They passed him up for Kvyat. So I think it's Haas. It has to be Haas. Well, I think the thing that stood out to me when I was looking at the story was the respect that I think Formula E is getting now, two facets. I think, aren't they coming out with like second generation cars now starting next season? Yeah, yeah, they are. And, you know, there's a lot of formerly one drivers down there in in Formula E. That's all it is. Yeah, but 
if they get that, a transition of a guy back to or from Formula E to Formula One, it mm-hmm. legitimizes Formula E even more, right? Because I think initially everyone looked at it as this publicity stunt, right? Oh, it's an electric racing uh, series, you know? Right. But if it's regarded as actual racing and good equipment and they're starting to pluck drivers from there for Formula One, then I think that's a boon for form- Formula E. I think it kind of is because, you know, it doesn't – at the end of the season, once all the charades are done and the musical chairs, some teams still need drivers and they're they're going to have to sign someone. It doesn't mean, necessarily mean that they think they're great and they're <laughs> that this guy's going to get them a lot of points. You have to have a butt in the seat. Jean-Eric Verne, I mean, he's actually not bad. Serviceable is a good word to describe him. He probably deserved to stay longer in F1 than he did, but... You could probably say that about almost everybody, that they probably deserved. Were you a Jolian Palmer guy, or you thought he needed to kick rocks? No, Palmer was terrible. (laughs) But Jean-Eric Verne, like, he got passed up for Kvyat. How did that pan out? Yeah, the Kvyat thing looks like a money grab, right? Yeah. Because he's got that Russian backing. A Russian money grab, absolutely. So I think that transitions, the Russian money grab transitions to another one of your stories, right? Uh, if you want. Do you want to talk about the driver pool anymore? You got any more news? No. Nah, I mean, that was we were just saying how it's even more in flux. Hopefully... Well, this does have to do with the driver pool, so hit me, hit me with the sound. Yeah. My closing statement just wrapping up the driver pool is that with that much possible turnover down in the bottom... Uh, I hope our guy Kubica could sneak into Williams or someone else's seat. That's all I'm going to say. Well, don't hit the button yet. Hang on. <laughs> if if I was a betting man, I would bet that uh, Jean-Eric Verne is going to be Magnuson's teammate at Haas next year. All right. So you're forecasting Verne to step in. Yeah. I mean, for, for me, it's an easy decision for Haas. Is the hashtag there? Because the hashtag for Gasly has been hashtag full gas. Is the Jean-Eric Verne, if he joins, is it going to be Verne rubber? It's gonna be <laughs> now. It's gonna be return to Vern. Vern returns. <laughs> All right. Yeah. News. All right. So, I wrote down for this one. Dad drama. Okay. So we're we're well aware. We talked about this last episode. Daddy issues. Yes. Daddy issues. Last episode we talked about how the Force India takeover. Basically, Lawrence Stroll, Lance Stroll's father, um, got a group together and they bought the team. And now Lance obviously drives for Williams and, you know, all the inclinations are that uh, Lawrence is going to move his son to Force India and he's just going to go right into a seat and start racing for them. So there's been some quotes coming out of Russia by this guy named Nikita Mazepin. There's probably no way I'm saying that right. I'm excited for your Russian accent now. You're just picking stories that you could do accents for, huh? Yeah. So listen to this daddy drama, okay? We have Lawrence Stroll, father of Lance Stroll, you know, Canadian billionaire, and then we have Nikita Mazepin, who is a, he's the father of a Force India devel- development driver. The Nik- team that was. Nikita Matsipan. Matsipan, yeah. He's the father of a Force India development driver who, that's the team that was just purchased by Lawrence Stroll. He also happens to run the large Russian chemical company, Ural Kali. And uh, he's had some very negative quotes since the takeover saying, here's the actual quote. The process conducted by the administrator of Force India Formula One Team Limited may not be in the best interest of Force India creditors and stakeholders and the sport in general. So he's poo-pooing the way that it was taken over by Lawrence Stroll and his investor group. I feel like it's because he's bitter because it's a missed opportunity for his son because he's rich too 
And who knows if he was he, he was even trying to buy the team or not. Yeah, what what's he crying about but, and having sour grapes about? Because Couldn't he have put in a bid and gotten a team together? Is he I don't know. See, that's he's not we even don't saying know like that. I offered more than stroll, but I wasn't even considered or anything. We don't know what efforts he put into it, if any at all, as far as trying to buy the team. But all we know is that Lawrence Stroll now owns the team and his Nikita's son is part of that development he's driver butt, program. Yeah, he's his butt hurt thinking that his son's not going to get a shot because Lance is now. He feels out of control. He feels yeah. out of control now. Is my my guess, but daddy drama. It's daddy time. drama. He's he's poo pooing another daddy. He wishes that he could have bought the team instead. Who's your daddy uh, over you, there at Force India? I thought uh, I or thought Stroll Racing or whatever it is. Yeah, Stroll I thought Patrol. I thought rich, rich rich Russian guys would be more aggressive with their money than this guy. I don't know. He's, he's, probably, he's stood by he, and watched it happen. Yeah, he's dumping it into his son's tailpipe, basically. Yeah, it's interesting, though. I mean, if you're him, what do you do? You, you approach other teams and try to, try to move your kid to a different development program immediately? I don't know about immediately. If, if you have that much sway, obviously he's probably putting cash into the team, right? You still have a say, or he could obvi- obviously offer to do that. I think he and Stroll, the daddies, need to sit down and hash it out, you know? Well, what's unclear is we don't actually know what this guy's doing with his money. We just know that he's the father, that he's loaded, and he's the father of one of the um, development drivers for that team. Daddy, development, all the, the A lot of Ds. Ds. A lot of Ds. <laughs> double Ds. Love them double Ds coming in here. Yeah. It's actually such a win, though, for Lawrence Stroll, because what if that kid's actually good? Then you let him race. You might have a hot ticket on your hands. You're saying the Russian kid? Yeah. If I were... I mean, I doubt he's amazing, but... If I were Larry Stroll, <laughs> I would I would sit this guy down, do a little father-son brunch maybe with the four of them, right? And I would just say, hey, look, if your son is fast, he's going to stay in our program and have a shot at a seat. And he could work something out. If they both have deep pockets, right? Why doesn't right. he work something out and say... Yeah, we'll give him some runs and free practice next year if you support, you know, with an influx of this much cash. And maybe one day it'll be both our boys racing alongside each other and two proud papas can be in the, you know, the the let, pit in the garage holding hands. Let me ask you a question, though. Who's picking up the lunch tab <laughs> between those two dads? I think... Larry Stroll picks it up and writes it off. It's a business expense for Stroll Patrol. If I'm Larry, I'm like, Nikita, if you pick up the bill, you'll get some laps. Your kid will get some laps. Nikita, that chicken Kiev costs more than my cop salad. So chicken Kiev. Better shell out, buddy. Whatever chicken Kiev is, if it is even a thing, sounds disgusting. Oh, yeah. It's a delicious, like, stuffed, breaded, fried chicken breast. Yeah, so that that's all I got for daddy drama. So much news in Formula One. I think we're going out for Chicken Kiev after this. We are. So what do you got for me next? Anything? Yeah. So I have one more piece that is more purple sector news than motorsport news. So time for that. So a lot of the scuttle during the summer break, Ryan, everyone's Mm -hmm. coming up with their fun terms for the midfield because midfield is too kind of boring and average sounding, right? So I've heard... I call it the majority field. Yeah. So what what we're talking about is all the teams outside of Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull that, as we said, have dominated the podiums in recent Formula One history. Yeah. So they're being touted, all the other teams, the other seven teams touted as the best of the rest or the midfield or Class B, which I like. Um, I believe Ricardo once famously called this the Peasants Championship. So... 
what we're going to do, you'll have to keep an eye on our social media at uh, Purple Sector Pod on Instagram and Twitter. But after all the races, we're going to be putting out graphics showing the standings and things, tracking the Peasants' uh, Championship. Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, the Peasants' World Championship. The Peasants' Championship, the Class B, the best of the rest, the midfield. So go ahead, subscribe to at Purple Sector Pod on all that and keep an eye out for our tracking of that best of the rest group, right? Yeah. I think Hulkenberg's probably leading it, right? Yeah, Hulkenberg is leading right now. Nice. Good for him. It'll be fun best because of the rest. it's funny. We actually talked about this at the beginning of the season where I had said to you, Formula One fantasy doesn't work in the normal sense because of how top heavy it is. Right. But I was saying, what if we did, you can't draft anyone from the top three teams. Let's just draft the midfield guys and go based on points. Cause that's also a competitive bunching there, competitive group that, uh, pe- the peasants, uh, group. Right. So we're going to be updating all that. As we said at purple sector pod, make sure to follow it. And that'll do it for our news segment, right? We're going to get into spa now. No, I got two more stories, man. Hit me with the news. All right. All right. So you remember how I mentioned mudslinging earlier in the news segment? I jumped the gun there. I didn't realize you, did. you were sitting on a couple of stories. You made Dude, it sound I'm, like it was dry. I'm overflowing with news over here, man. All right. So start over. I missed what you were saying there. Okay. So we already touched on one, one mudslinging headline with Helmut Marco just bashing Ricardo on his way out the door, not even letting the door slam him on the way out he's literally kicking the door shut this one involves Kimmy the Iceman yeah so as you know Kimmy recently released his autobiography in Finnish and Danish or something like that I can't remember the other Finnish language. and Pig Latin yeah it's been released it's not in English yet October 18th the English version comes out we are going to get our hands on it and do a comprehensive review on the oh, podcast yeah. because it's Kimmy Either the book's incredible or it's the most boring thing you've ever read. I saw someone had a an Instagram or something they put up and it said, oh, we have a sneak peek at Kimmy's book. And it was the first page, chapter one. It just says, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing. The end. <laughs> <laughs> that's the Kimmy book. I wouldn't be surprised if that's actually what it says. Yeah. I wonder how difficult a job, whomever it was that wrote it for him when Kimmy's dictating to him. Kimmy, as we know, doesn't talk much. It's got to be tough for that guy trying to extract information from Kimmy, right? Yeah, absolutely. They <laughs> Hopefully they cut a good deal with him because they did all the work there. It's probably been 88 years in the making. Kimmy finally said enough words to get <laughs> enough to write a book. It's going to be like a picture book. It's going to be like eight pages and pictures of Kimmy's real, feelings. Real page turner. Yeah. So go on about Kimmy slinging. Yeah, so this is very out of character for Kimmy in my opinion, but it's probably because he's on a book tour. And his publicist is making him say, like, hey, you know, stick your neck out there, say some controversial things. It always is good for your book press. Yeah. Everyone always comes out with the molestation story always. or something when the book drops. Oh, oh he didn't need to go write the molestation. But they so say, Kimmy got molested? What are we talking no, about? No, they, they, you stir things up when you release a book. It's common, common tactics. So Kimmy's been, he got a handful of mud and he's slung it at Rosberg, of all people. Oh, man. Hope he's, he didn't get in his hair. Yeah. He's always got that sweet hair. That going. hair is, in, in, is impenetra- impenetrable. You don't have to worry about that. So do you agree with me? It's very un-Kimmy-like to do this. Yeah, especially... He doesn't care about anything. Yeah, Nico, as far as I've seen, didn't seem to have beef with anyone except Hamilton, which you can expect every teammate's going to have beef with their current teammate, right? Yeah. 
But other than that, I feel like Nico comes off as one of the good guys. Isn't Nico part Finn as well? He's bashing a fellow Finn. Yeah, let's see. What do you say? So here are uh, Kimmy's quotes, okay? He, he, he's, Kimmy's taking Rosberg to task over what Rosberg said his decision was to retire, which was, I believe, you know, I'm a world champion now. I want to spend more time with my family, get away from the sport, right? So here's Kimmy's quote. When he, <laughs> I'll do a Kimmy voice. When he, Rosberg, explained why he is stopping, I thought it was cool and I understand. You're doing a robotist voice. That's too robotic. Kimmy, you have to get They're more, both fins. Kimmy has more slurring kind of like. Ersh, All right. Ersh, ersh, ersh. Maybe you should read it then. <laughs> so anyways, Kimmy. want me to read it? Yeah, it's right here. All right. So I'm reading the first one here? Yeah. All right. Kimmy said, when he, Rosberg in parentheses, explained why he is stopping, I thought it was cool, and I understood. Now he's standing there with a microphone. I cannot understand why, given the reasons he gave for wanting to leave. Is that, do I read the next one too? Well, let's talk about that All first. Right. So I actually didn't process any of what I was reading. I was <laughs> re- read it again quickly then so we can talk about when it. When Rosberg explained why he is stopping, I thought it was cool, and I understood. Cool. Your, now, your Kimmy accent, by the way. No, I meant like read it again to yourself. <laughs> that's what I am. I just wanted to say cool in it because that's how Kimmy would your, say it. Your Kimmy accent is is like Kimmy mixed with 1980s action <laughs> star Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah, and a little Dolph Lundgren in there too. Yeah. Now he's standing there with a microphone. I can't understand why, given the reasons he gave for wanting to leave. So he's just bashing him saying he wanted to get away from Formula One, but now he's a pundit with a microphone at every race. He's yeah. uh, he's on the Channel Four broadcast with like Coulthard and Weber. He floats right? around. He's a freelancer because I've seen him on Sky too. But he also I, does German broadcasts as well. Okay, so he's just pimping himself out to everybody. Yeah, but yeah. So Kimmy's just bitter or trying to stir up some controversy. This is not nonsense though. Kimmy can't actually care. What does he care about Rosberg? I have no idea. This dude. is just press. I have no idea exactly. What's the second quote I have there? I'm interested in doing something like developing a car, but in the background, not in public. It will not be standing with a microphone. Okay, so he so, just so can't, he, so he then, can't picture talking. He was then asked. He was then asked. You know what? What? What, what are your you plans for for retirement? And he said, "Yada yada, definitely not something with a microphone like developing Rosberg. a car." Is he gonna be wrenching in his garage, like trying to? I doubt it. I mean, what does that even mean? It all gets punched into computers and worked with like fabrication machines. What Kimmy does in his free time is all action sports, man. He does like ice yeah, mountain bike rally, races and snowmobile cross. And yeah. He's just an action sports guy. Lawnmower racing. Prob- yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I'm with you. It It's a very hollow sling of the mud at Rosberg, and it doesn't really make any sense. Yeah. And Rosberg probably won't even address it, you know. He'll just laugh. Yeah. I mean, the only thing that would proliferate it is if someone asks Rosberg about it maybe if he's like on sky they might ask you know hey well what what do you make of these Raikkonen comments but I don't see this really going anywhere in any legitimate beef Kimmy's just playing the game man he's selling books one quote at a time one hot take at a time we he already had our money before he even started to pretend to be chewing some guys out I'm actually bitter so they have the listing for his English version of the book on Amazon right now or at least when I checked a couple days ago but you still can't pre-order it. Otherwise, they'd have my money. Refresh, refresh, yeah. refresh. I'll check it after this pod because I'm going to pre-order it. Yeah. So there's more news? Yeah. One more news piece from me. Hit me. All right. Ricardo. Recently, he was talking about 
the proposition of uh, longer seasons, anything up to 25 races a calendar year, which is a lot. I believe this season's 21, which is the most they've ever had, correct? Yeah, because it was 20 last year. Yeah, and then the year before that, it was 21. Mm-hmm. So it's funny, right? When you get around that 20 to 21 race uh, calendar, the drivers all start bitching about it. I mean, you run out of weeks in the year with the brakes built in. You know, they start stacking. Like this year, we had that first triple header because of it. Right, exactly. But it's just funny because, like, you know, the drivers certainly, you know, they do their off-season training and stuff, but they don't work anywhere near as hard in the off-season as the mechanics and engineers do. Those guys... That's their season, really, and they're working all season long. Exactly, they have no off season. So I, I just I think summer break has to be like the only time they legitimately, I think, shut down these factories, right? Like the operations. I doubt they actually do. These they people definitely are, they're they, workaholics, man. Yeah, they go skeleton crew, but there's no way they shut anything down all year long. Plus, it's it's their passion, you know. Like I don't, you know, even if you wanted them to take a break, I think they they'd still do something. Anyways, uh, my diva radar is on high alert here because I think Ricardo's being a bit of a diva when he talks about the day in, day out of how tough it is being a Formula One driver. Yep. So he says he's open to a longer season if there is less quote-unquote shit. <laughs> I like that. Here's this quote, okay? So Ricardo says, if more races means less shit, then that's the truth. <laughs> Exclamation point. Maybe if a race weekend was restricted to, say, just three days as opposed to five. I already started doing stuff from Tuesday some weeks, so that's a six-day race weekend. If they fill the race weekends as they kind of do now, it's too much. But if it's like you land Friday and you leave Sunday, then I think we could fit 25 races if we got Monday to Thursday free. See, he just wants his three-day work week, right? Yeah, it's The problem is... Diva alert! Yeah. Diva alert! The other Diva problem, alert. the reason you have these long race weekends is probably the teams lobbying now that they chop so much of their testing chances. Yeah. they Because we've seen it this year, especially, right? Where they're testing with the sensors, with the, the Slimer goo to see the aero performance of new wings that they're putting on. Right. That's the only time they get to really do live testing of a lot of these upgrades that they're going to be bring it up during the season, right? So if you gave them more testing, maybe you could chop off two of the practices, have one practice, one, you know, quality and race. He's actually, so all this, he's talking about the media commitments, dude. They're literally bitching about media commitments, not. Yeah, he gets to drink a Red Bull, sip a Red Bull and wear a hat, a watch, glasses and a shirt and just sit there and. I don't get it. And make fun of guys. Remember when he, what did he call the one guy? He said he was Australian, but he was British or he was from New Zealand or something. I don't know, but these guys just don't realize how good they have it. I get it. It's work. Like they probably don't get a lot of personal time during the season, but they're compensated so handsomely, man. I mean, come on. I mean, I would imagine and hope, like we talked about. They get to race cars for a living. Yeah. The mechanics and the engineers love it. It's their passion. You would think if these guys are that into it, you can put up with some media obligations and a longer race weekend to be able to race these ridiculous rockets, you know? You know what these journalists need to be doing? Stop going to drivers for quotes about the extended race calendar prop. Go to the mechanics. I want I want quotes from the mechanics and the engineers. See what they think. Yeah, because those guys are always the ones who are pulling all-nighters when the driver puts it into the wall, and then they just yeah. give them a thank you. They're slaving away at the factory all weekend to get a, a new wing ready in time just for Grosjean to put it right into a fucking barrier in the <laughs> first practice session. Yeah, <laughs> like they, it's a joke, man. Anyways, I, they, the drivers just don't know how good they have it. These guys make buku money, and 
I think I'm not saying 25 races a year is good. I would love it as a fan, but it gets. I mean, that triple header was intense. I loved it. Oh I, yeah, I was setting my watch to Formula One. But it every, was like every Sunday, double header week off, triple header week off, double header summer break. Yeah, or the summer break was right after the triple header, right? It's a job. I've got double headers every week. Of the year. <laughs> that F one job. I got double headers three sixty five, dude. Oh yeah. Anyways, I I, th- I I'm torn on that idea of more races because it's probably worse for the rest of the field. Like they would just get diluted over more races because they don't have the resources to keep building uh, competitiveness. Yeah, because but Mercedes say Ferrari, you have years like in the past where someone's running away with it, adding four or five races. Everyone's just going to be completely checked out at the end when a guy's 160 points up in the drivers and right. 100 clear in the constructors, you know? Yeah. I mean, I feel like if you make it 25 races, it'll just increase the brawl between Mercedes, Red Bull, and, and Ferrari. The rest of the teams will just get worse. The gap will widen. When, and they'll be, they, the teams operating on the lower budget yeah. are just going to stretch it and be less competitive because they can't field a car and keep improving it for 25 races, right? Yeah. If you, whenever you extend these sports, all these sports always talk about doing it because they want to extend revenue, expand revenue. Mm-hmm. But all you're doing then is, you know, minimizing the importance of the races on the calendar by adding to it, you know, and increasing the budget requirement for all the teams. Yeah. Because F1 isn't picking up the extra travel and development and things like that. Yeah. It, I mean, <laughs> That's definitely not a good way to cut costs is add races. We know right. that. I'll, I mean, tell how you, many, I'll tell you who wants more races. Lawrence Stroll. More seat time for his kid Lance. Larry wants everything. <laughs> Larry wants to have his cake and eat it too over there at yeah. Stroll Patrol. What is, I think Formula E has like a dozen races right now, right? Do they do? I like, don't know off the top of my head. but Do they do multi-race weekends too? Like I think they, they have a sprint and then a longer race. I want to say is how they do so it. So a sprint is like the shorter, almost practice race, and then they have the actual race. Yeah, I'm not sure. I have to check. I'm, I I have no shame, and I will just tell you right now on air. I know very little about Formula E. Yeah, we need to do our research there, but also we want you guys to make us do our research. So reach out to us box at purplesectorpod.com. Box, 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 box. at purplesectorpod.com. Because we have some friends who've listened and people we know who've listened who say, yeah, I don't really even know what the hell you guys are talking about, but I enjoy but listening to you. You make it entertaining, dummies. though. Yeah. Right. So we want you guys that we just mentioned and other people who are listening, if you have any questions about Formula One, life in general, you know, we can divvy up, divvy out some, uh, that means all you, some life advice. All you hardcore F1, technical F1 fans that listen to the podcast, please email us and field any questions. Yeah. But yeah, box at purplesectorpod.com. Box, 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 box. Or simply call us out on when we're saying something completely wrong, because yeah. we do all the time. Holler at us. All right. You want to uh, head over to spa? Yeah, I'm, I'm done with my news. That's all I, That's all I've got for you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Appreciate it. We went deep on the news, boys. All right. To spa we go. All right. Here we are, brother. Spa. My my second favorite track on the calendar. My favorite turn in all motorsport. Arouge. Arouge and Radion. I love Arouge. Um so it's everything transitions off of the news. The news was so interwoven during yeah. this last week. One of the other pieces that kind of relates back to the news is 
Lando Norris, Lando Carridean. His Lando's Q rating is through the fucking roof the last two weeks. So he's going to be in the seat, Alonzo's seat with McLaren for FP1 at yeah. the Belgian Grand Prix. I, I'm guessing he's going to be racing for the one next year. Cause so you think it'll be him and Sainz? You think he'll jump in mm, and knock the waffle out? We'll see. But I mean, this is the waffle's home race, too. He's going to be racing alongside. Lando Norris Lando. has been making head, F1 headlines for the last like three, four weeks straight. It's all building towards an appearance, in my opinion. Yeah, there's a lot, like we said, there's a lot of seats out there in this youth movement. Clearly, I think at least two or three more youngsters are going to find themselves racing Formula One next year. Yeah. So that's the, the news that tied in. Yeah, That's so related to Spa, we'll have to but, keep our eyes open for Lando and FP1. But looking at the probabilities of what we think will happen in the Belgian Grand Prix, this being our Belgian Grand Preview <laughs> for our stupid monikers we use, Ferrari hasn't won there at Spa since 2009 right. with Kimi Raikkonen. So almost a decade since they last won there. And Kimi was on Ferrari back then. Well, yeah. Give... give them a shot though for the simple fact that Kimmy is a spa specialist. <laughs> a specialist. He's a specialist. <laughs> so you think Ferrari after this the break, Ferrari will be humming again. Mercedes will be humming and it'll just be that same battle again. Well here's a here's a here's an interesting nugget of information for you. Three out of the last four titles. Are you listening? <laughs> I'm all ears, baby. <laughs> Three out of the last pay attention because this is a good nugget. Yeah. Whoever was in P2 during the summer break, meaning Vettel in this instance, has won the world championship three out of the last four years. Yeah, I saw that. Hopefully it happens. So I'm just saying. I'm I just hope saying. we get some excitement, man. I'd like to see that points lead chopped down because right now it's 10, no, 10 in the constructor and 24 in the driver. What I'm praying for is I don't want some bullshit where like uh, we have a bunch of engine failures and engine replacements from the practice sessions and then you have like this reverse grid. I want that fucking brawl at the front of the grid. Right. Yeah, I'm with you because nothing's better than a brawl up a rouge when they go flying up through there. Yeah, we already know what happens when one of the good cars has to start from the back. They, they cut through the entire field in like four to seven laps. They stretch the tires hoping for a safety and car. The, the rest is tire strategy and manipulating your teammate to get to, to the front. Does Spa tend to have any weather? yeah they have some rain right they get rain but it's like very hard to forecast rain because it's so hilly and mountainous right there that it's just it'll spit without notice we really haven't had a wacky weather season only a few rain instances well those last couple races it was pretty fucking wacky yeah but i remember i think it might have been two years ago or last year when remember we had like four races start under safety car yeah i mean the calendar usually starts in that part of the world where it is wet. Like in Asia, for example, at the beginning of the year, yeah. uh, the Malaysian Grand Prix, the Chinese Grand Prix, they, they would get wet as hell. Yeah, the clouds are always swollen over Asia. Yeah, I mean, there was a couple of years where the race in Malaysia was straight up like two-hour delay. Monsoon. Yeah. Yeah, any other sort of spa teasers for us? No. So, I'm, just, I'm, I'm excited. This track's amazing, man. So I had something i was it's also the longest lap right is it the longest distance lap? wise or time distance or 
distance wise, I believe it's the longest lap. I don't know. I'd have to do my research. I'm not that ba- boned up on it. Baku's pretty long too, but I'm almost positive Spa has the longest lap distance wise. So something I'd brought up on our first ep of the summer break when I was doing the solo news was how it was before Larry Stroll came in and snagged Force India. <laughs> and it was because they didn't, you know, they were in arbitration, administration, whatever they call it, in administration. Administration, right? yeah. So they weren't paying any bills in that time before the buyer came in. Right. So all these upgrades had been held out. We saw it in the last race before the break where they were terrible. And now the story I brought up a couple pods ago was how they're only going to have a few days leading up to this after the break where they can actually try to start paying and installing these upgrades. So I was looking at it from... Oh, uh, the payments are covered. Yeah, from a gambling point of view. Larry though, Larry covered everything when he picked up the, picked up the team. Salaries, picked up, picked everything. Picked up the tab. Yeah. But I was wondering, even if that's the case that they're all paid, it's still tough to just throw parts on and have it all function perfectly. So yeah. I was eyeballing Fading Force India or Stroll Patrol, whatever they are now. That's going to be the thing to watch in the Belgian race. What is that? Well, are they just still Force India? Do we have new livery? What do we have? They dropped the Sahara from the name. Force India, whatever, Sahara. They yeah. dropped that. They dropped Sahara the, Force India. Yeah, something like that. But um, our, our little prediction from, I believe, the last episode doesn't appear like it's going to come to fruition with uh, Lance Stroll going. Oh, Stroll already bringing yeah. his son over. I mean, we're we're you know only a few days out now from the Grand Prix weekend. I doubt it's going to happen now. We could have some daddy but, drama. I wouldn't be shocked yeah, if he just gets right. brought in the, the morning of the race. The dads are heated right what now. If, yeah, what if on Martin's grid walk, you just see Stroll stroll on by him with a, a Force India or Stroll Patrol suit on, fire suit, getting into that car? If it happens, I want it to happen like this. The clock starts for FP1, and the camera is fixed on Lance Stroll in the Williams garage, and Somebody walks up with some paperwork and a pen and whispers in his ear. You see him sign it, and then you just see him unzip his Williams fire suit. He's got underneath. And there's like a force. Kent. There's a force India one underneath, and he just walks down to the other garage and hops in the car. Well, fingers crossed that, that that's how a, it goes down. That would be unbelievable. Yeah. But yeah, I'm excited. We're all jacked up about this race at Spa. It's good to be back, man. Slogging through that summer break. Long, long break. Yeah. Everyone got their beach time in. Gasly's got a heck of a tan, ready to go full gas. I'm just exhausted of the driver carousel. Yeah, and it's it's still spinning, though. I know. There's I know. a lot of seats like we talked about earlier. But that wasn't a great job of obviously wetting everyone's appetite for the race this weekend. Well, but I, think, I, I wanted to talk predictions, though. Do you do you have any inklings of what you think is going to happen? Dude, I don't, I don't even know. My head's all scrambled from the summer break and all this action well, how off about, the track. How about this? Qualies lately have been very tight between Red Bull and uh, Mercedes. Very, very tight. You know, outside of that rain in Hungary, I think Ferrari would have had pole there, but Mercedes got it because of the rain. So, I mean, you might have another, uh, you know, Ferrari 1, Mercedes 2, Ferrari 3, Mercedes 4, or vice versa. I would love to see Kimi snare the pole. That would be amazing. I don't know if he has it, though. Has it on track, you're saying? Yeah, I mean, when has he actually been like razor thin close to pole this season? There's he's, always been... he's been close, but then he has an off or something on his hot lap. Yeah, he's, you he's know, had he'll trouble be purple, putting purple and then hit the grass. He's had trouble putting that perfect lap together, like mistake free lap. He's had pace. Yeah, and he's race clean. Yeah, except when he uh, took out Hamilton on purpose, right? 
One thing to do to watch for sure, though, is I don't think Vettel has the best history at this track. Yeah, Raikkonen's the last Ferrari win, brother. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, like, it's I, I, besides when he was in that dominant Red Bull, I don't think Vettel has fared well here. He's had a lot of contact in that one chicane. Yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm. It doesn't sound it, but I'm jacked up. I can't get excited right now after the the summer break drained my energy here with the action. But after this weekend, we're gonna be right back on the train. You know. Here's my prediction. Okay, Hamilton won. This is race finish, not qualies. Hamilton wins. Vettel second. Kimi third. Botas fifth because they're going to leave him high and dry. I say Ricardo or Max finishes fourth. He's going to be fourth. out there running on bald tires. They're going to do something to screw over Botas again. Yeah, we can only wait and see, brother. It's coming up. Well, I say that because Botas has gone on this real beta. He's turned into a real beta male. After that whole wingman incident, he's been doing like memes where they're watching Top Gun in the Mercedes factory where they, where they say, you can be my wingman anytime. So he made that comment about how he doesn't like being called wingman. And then he's done all these social media things as a goof like yeah i'm the wingman yeah yeah, yeah. he just pulled his trousers down and bent over after that yeah, and toto's wolfing it down yeah and you know what I, I guarantee what happened is toto brought him in the back room after and said you better be a good soldier now remember you just signed that new contract i don't know if you read it but yeah you're mine <laughs> you're, you're <laughs> Your mine, ass is mine brother <laughs> yeah so i don't know we'll see i'm i'm so excited for this race. Spa day is coming up, brother. Yes. Jazzed. You good? Any yeah. other hot, any no. other news uh, stories you stumbled onto here? No more news. Pour, pour some more water on those hot coals. I'm ready for the spa. All right. Well, yeah. Spa's coming up. That does it for our Belgian Grand Preview with a bushel of news thrown in there too, right? Plenty to digest. All right. Well, we're headed off to spa now. We'll see you guys next week. Ciao. See you all on the track.